Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings on a Friday morning. It is 7.30 where we're at in the morning on a Friday at the beginning of a weekend where many are probably glad that the weekend has arrived. Many of them having survived all the days of testimony of nauseatingly boring, repetitive, non-proof. They're glad to have a weekend and shuck it all. But some of the most important testimony is coming up on Saturday, and Saturday, according to experts, is the death knell for TV and radio and all the rest of that stuff, and especially listening to anything from Congress. Nevertheless, I've been... Well, been years now, Jay Seculo and the ACLJ, because they're very good advocates for the persecuted church. And as you know, if you listen, our Wednesday broadcast, the advocacy for the persecuted church, we cover that quite a bit. And we have found him on many occasions, his group, his company, his ACLJ, the American Center for Law and Justice. And they've got an international one, too. He also pleads at The Hague and the International Criminal Court. They deal directly on the ground in many nations, as in the case of Asiya Bibi and others. And so he also defends abortion. I mean, defends the right to life, and uh, he's pro-life and uh, is taken on Planned Parenthood. So in, in a summation, his particular defense uh, is a constitutional one, which he also defends of the president of the United States, Donald Trump. And this actually is going to be some of the best defense that you're ever going to hear. Yeah, this guy is good. He knows what he's doing. And in spite of the liberal naysaying so-called uh, law professors that think they know it all, they don't know it all. Some of the biggest nincompoops I know come from the seminaries of, of out of uh, the Christian realm and also out of the high flutin' colleges that produce liberals that can't see past the nose on their face because of the bias which they've been taught and ingrained with. So many of them are willing to shuck the Constitution. At any rate, welcome to Warren Radio Sound the Show Far. I'm the Watchman. Tower isn't here. Friday as I usually do this solo early in the morning or so. This is not really early. If you want to know early, I could tell you. <laughs> At any rate, uh, all of our broadcasts, we're not call-in shows. We we don't do call-in shows. Over the years, I've done call-in shows. I talked to some dude not too long ago, about a month ago, two months ago, three months ago. It just don't go well. People don't want to listen. They're just more irritating than they are anything else. That's the way life is. People don't want to hear truth. That is most of them. There are people that want truth, biblical truth. That's the only truth there is. And I have a policy, and I've done this for years. I do not argue with people over the word of God. I preach it. I teach it. You don't want to listen. That's your problem, not mine. 
the word of God goes out and, and will not return and, at all. It'll always do that which it is sent to do. So even if you reject it and you have a hardened heart, well, the word of God did its job. It went, it tried to break into you and through your stubbornness and hardness of heart, you rejected it. Kind of like the Pharaoh in Egypt who said, who is the Lord that I should obey? And we have many in America and around the world saying the same thing. We have people that like Greta Thornburg, I think that's her name, whatever her name is. Poor girl who's caught up in all this into the world, climate change stuff. Her daddy is the one that's the real climate change one behind it. There's another one who who helps her as well. All of her posts was written by her dad, according to some of the sources that I've seen. This girl has been raised this way. And, of course, uh, <clears throat> her agenda of course, is save herself and her family and the known world. But it ain't going to happen, Greta. People, it ain't going to happen. And uh, there's only one Savior in this world, and it ain't going to be any flesh. And if you think global warming is a threat, you have not a clue, kid. And that's why we're doing almighty authority. There is an authority beyond climate change. There's authority beyond politics and beyond the nations. Let's go through some of these. You can follow us, uh, hashtag WatchmanIS216. We're on Twitter. We were on Facebook as far as that. I mean, I was on there for years. I'm not excited about Facebook. I despise Facebook. It's not safe. They sell your information. It just makes uh, uh, people rich. Now, there is one that we do, that's USA.life, which is totally different. And uh, we're on that. That's actually the new Facebook. So if you want to find us, don't go to Facebook, go to USA.life. Now, we do have an account on there. Uh, Tower has an account. She has had. And so some of the stuff goes over there. And uh, it's still on Facebook over there. But as far as Warren Radio I don't get a uh, flying flip about Facebook. Not one iota, not one drop. I don't care for the platform. It cannot be trusted. Twitter can't be trusted. We're still on Twitter. And I did hear the, the gal in charge of enforcing all the rules, and she did say uh, that she wanted people to trust her. I hope that's true. Nevertheless, you can find us on Instagram. That's actually one of the better uh, social sites that uh, it's actually owned by Facebook. So Facebook gets a little more uh, like Instagram, the main part. That'd be different. Uh, eventually, they want to, and this was about a year ago, they wanted to join uh, Instagram and melt it in with the Facebook platform, and that would be the worst thing they could do. Right now, Instagram is a good a good uh, concentration of informative uh, sites and things like that, and you can learn a lot and get along there without being provoked by some moron. LinkedIn is another good one. That's owned by Microsoft. And uh, at one time, I was thinking for some reason that that was connected to, of course, Facebook, but LinkedIn. Uh, we do have a presence on LinkedIn. We have, uh, I don't know, 
I think we had 300 people that, that were following us or whatever you call it. And you know, they're not friends. Nobody's a friend, you know, Facebook calls them friends. They're not friends folks. You know, one time many years ago, we had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of so-called friends. <laughs> These people aren't friends. You have no idea who they are. Anybody online in any social site, if they friend you and tell you they're your friend, you better be careful. Protect your children online. You are a knucklehead. If you reveal people, uh, your innocent children. And, and on fa- on Instagram, they do it all the time. People think it's okay. I don't. It's not okay. Nevertheless, that's the way life is. So uh, you can join us for sure on Twitter. we got three Twitter feeds on Instagram, on LinkedIn, USA.life, or also on MeWe. And uh, MeWe is another site. It's very, very secure. And uh, both USA.life and MeWe is the new version of a social uh, uh projects or or sites that are working to give you a platform that is safe where they don't sell your information. So check them out. I urge you, USA.life and MeWe. And you can find us on both those at hashtag Born Radio. Now, this broadcast is available through quite a few different areas. Now, see, like if we're on Spreaker, and if you have the Spreaker app, it'll come up on your phone right away as soon as our broadcast gets done. So, uh, the Spreaker, I like Spreaker. Uh, <clears throat> we also are on iHeart. We got we uh, iTunes as well, Blueberry. And, and, of course, Spreaker has its own group of people that send stuff out to Blueberry is the same way. So these are just the initial ones. You can hear us on TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Attic, uh, Anchor, Google Podcast, CastBox. And there's a number of others that we were looking at, but this is a good group of them. Couple of articles, God's Overcoming Grace for Perilous Times, and Noah Found Grace, and So Can You. Now, these are very, very important articles, and it helps you to understand grace. And and especially in these times, God's grace is really needed today, more than ever before. So be sure to check these out and pass them on to your friends. Follow us on our social sites, but I'd really prefer you to go to our websites, listen to the shows there, go over there, read the articles, make comments, and uh, we'll go from there. So today, on this Friday, do you hear that movement of thank the Lord God? It's Friday. Friday comes around, and after all the nonsense throughout all the week and all the news and all the fake news and all the hatred, and you know, I was going through Twitter today early, and it's just a plethora of chaos. Coming through Mexico, we got another 3,500 South Americans and others. Right now, they're fighting with the Mexican army, which is outnumbered. And uh, they've got a bunch of stubborn men, young men, who are South Americans, who feel that they need to push their way to the border. 
And uh, so it's a mess. You go to Hong Kong. It's still a mess over there. You go into China. This, the latest news is people are dropping on the streets from this uh, virus that's hitting them. But I got news for you. There's such thing as judgment and there's such thing as warning. Because China's the one that stood up and has been shutting down all the churches, forcing them to worship uh, the communist doctrines in their churches. And even the Vatican's been caught up with that and and is pretty much. And I remember when this first came out years ago, the Vatican was meeting with communist authorities. And now it came out that one of the bishops they've okayed for Hong Kong is a tried and true communist connected to the, the to the Communist Party. The Roman Church is not a friend. <clears throat> and this Pope, this poor guy, he comes up with so many things that are just absolutely nonsense. But then I followed a lot of these Popes and what they say and believe. But yet, I can tell you, <clears throat> I have talked with Catholics about the Catholic Church, and I've had friends in the Catholic Church, very good friends who are believers. There was a lot of charismatic Catholics that came to know the Lord, really, truly. Not everybody within the Catholic Church is a pagan or a heathen. Not everybody agrees with what this Pope or the Roman Church does. But they have considerable influence. I don't know how many followers, but they got a pile of them. Believing repentance today. That's our theme. In Jonah, chapter 3, you know the story of of Jonah. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful story, except the part of being swallowed by a fish. <laughs> that one had to have been pretty bad. Swallowed by a big fish, goes down to the gut. There he is sloshing around, still alive, crying out to the Lord. How does that work? Well, that's a good question, but that's what the story says. Now, if you're one of those that believes that all the stories of the Old Testament are nothing but stories not to be believed, well... Maybe this is one of those that you would say that. But see, I'm one of those that believe these stories because I know God is the God of the supernatural. He's the miraculous God. He's the God that sent uh, Moses and Aaron to Pharaoh. And he told Moses, he says to Pharaoh, you will be God and Aaron will be your prophet. (laughs) So here comes Moses who knows how to get along in the court in Egypt because he was raised there. He also knew everybody there. He hadn't seen him in 40 years, but I'm sure they would have recognized him because they called him Moses and there was only one Moses. (laughs) So he comes back trotting with the prophet dude and he commands the Pharaoh, you need to let my people go. Yeah, sure, Moses, you're the one that ran off. You know, no, forget it. But the Pharaoh says, who is the Lord that I should obey him? People are still saying that today. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? 
Well, I got news for you. You and Pharaoh will find out. <laughs> Pharaoh's already found out, but you will. Believe me. Now, you see, when we talk about judgment, when we talk about, you know, the day of the Lord, everybody, you know, oh, you know, God is so mean and nasty and all the rest of this stuff. No, he's not. You Remember, man fell. He could have just taken the garden, redone it, destroyed Adam and Eve, said to forget it, redid the earth, banned Satan, burned him, sent him to hell and been done with it, and created a whole new species that would obey him. He didn't do that. He sought to redeem man because he wanted people to follow him and love him because God's a God of love. He wanted those to follow him because they loved him. Is that so hard to understand? After all, we are made in the image of God, not this flesh. This body of flesh that's on your body, that's an oxymoron. This body of flesh is on your body. No, this body of flesh without the word body. I'm doing that because I'm editing my book and I'm catching all these things. So at any rate, this body of flesh is a body of death. It's going to die, folks. You're going to get a new body, a good one. <laughs> now this is this serves us for down here, but you fight it. So the Lord God is is talking here, telling us about what's happening. Verse 5, so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on a sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he rose from his throne, laid his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. I like that king. Would to God that we would have the communist Politburo. I told this to Tower yesterday. Would every one of them would get down off their high mucky muck meeting, go into the streets and repent of what they did, release Wang Yi and all the Christians who are in prison, retract all their words about not being able to have a church, and call Wang Yi and the Christians to join join them and pray to the Lord God to stay this plague. You see, that's repentance, okay? Do you think it's going to go well with China when they are taking the church of one of the largest amount of Christians anywhere? Do you think they're really going to win? They're just like Pharaoh. Who is the Lord that we should obey him? And so they decide in their way to lock up Wang Yi and others. They're oppressing them and everything else. They've even We've even reported on them killing pastors who tried to stop them from destroying the churches. In China, life means nothing. They've been aborting babies for a lot of years more, and they've aborted more babies than America could ever think of doing. One of these days, all that blood is going to be judged in the blood guilt that I've taught on, and it's going to be during the tribulation. So the king said, that's it. And I can tell you why this king would have done that, because he knew of the prophets of Israel. You see, Israel 
and the Lord, when he was weeping over Jerusalem, he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that stonest the prophets. See, that's what the Jews did. God would send them a prophet to warn them, and they would stone them. Even Elijah, when they sent armies to see it, to see him, they would go after him, and fire would come down from heaven and destroy the armies until one group of people came up, and they were kind of crawling and stuff. Don't kill us. Don't kill us. The king wants to talk to you, and the Lord said, go ahead and go. But you see, in Revelation, we're going to have the prophets who are going to be able to call fire down from heaven. This comes directly out of Elijah and the Old Testament that we see. See, they knew, the nations of men knew these prophets of Israel were not to be messed with. Babylon knew it when they came into Jerusalem and and had overtaken Judah and taken everything from them. They were pillaging the temple. They were destroying the temple. They were uh, taking everybody into captivity. They would leave some of them in the field to tend all the fields. The prophets and the priests were taken away. Some of them were killed. You had the king, you know, um, and uh, his sons, and they were judged by him. But Jeremiah was let loose because they knew. And uh, we're teaching in Egypt now, uh, in Isaiah, about Egypt and the judgment there. And it's the same thing there. They knew of the prophets of Israel. Israel didn't pay any attention, but the but the goyim, the goy, the heathen, the unbelievers, they knew. So in Nineveh, when this king heard of it, you know very well. See, and this is one of the reasons Jonah didn't want to go over there. Because Nineveh had caused trouble for Israel. And 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 Jonah knew that. If he went to preach and they heard, they had the chance to repent. And this made Jonah mad. You can read about it in the book of Jonah. Why? Because he didn't want the enemies of Israel to be forgiven. He wanted them destroyed. They're goyim. They're heathen. They're not going to repent. Well, they did repent. The gospel went to the Gentiles. What did the Gentiles do? They repented. Paul talks about this in Romans. God did that to provoke them. Also to get the gospel out. But one of these days, Israel will recognize their Messiah. And so the king, it says, verse 7, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed nor drink water. So now you have the beast. And this is what it says, but let man and beast, beast be covered with sackcloth. Now, sackcloth was a real rough material. I was raised where they used to take, they used to put flour in flour sacks, kind of a soft material. And during uh, some of the times, I remember my folks and on the farm, flour sacks and a lot of this stuff was used even for clothes. But we don't do that. Now we put everything in plastic and 
Let every man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. So everyone, including the animals, were covered with sackcloth. Nobody was to have food or water until this thing was done. Now that's repentance. You tell America that they're, they can't do things, what do they do? Like if you don't agree with homosexual marriage, you're a homophobe. It's always your fault. If you don't allow abortion, you're a sinner. You're worse than death. They hate your guts. It's my body, they yell and scream. That's the women. Then, of course, there's men who think they're women. I mean, you know, and, and this is the issue, you know. I don't come out and just preach against uh, homosexuality and all these other alities. I preach the Word of God. I tell people to repent. Why? Because if you think homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism, and abortion is the only issues we've got in this world, you're nuts. There's only one issue, and it's sin. Christ died for people, and he takes people, no matter who you are, and he can redeem you. He can cleanse your heart and soul. He can remove the bad memories and the nightmares. He can give you power over darkness. And deliver your soul from the depths of despair. The problem and the issue, even in Sodom and Gomorrah, was not homosexuality. Yes, that was there. It was pride. And do we have pride in America? Oh, dear God in heaven. Do we have pride overseas? Yes. Do we have pride? I just seen a video from Germany now. In Germany, they, you know, Merkel has let in millions of foreigners into her country, many Muslims. And, in fact, there's been a lot of strong German Muslim population. They, they're, they're planning on taking Germany away from the rest of them and making it Muslim. Germany used to be part of the Holy Roman Empire. It used to be really strong. And then, of course, after Luther, it became strong in Gentile believers and churches. This video of this Muslim was threatening and everything. It was on Twitter. I don't know how they didn't pull it, but he threatened them. Let them come. We're going to make war. You see, this is pride, too. Pride will destroy now, see, this this king, he just said, that's it. <clears throat> There's no arguing there. Why? He had heard of the prophets of Israel. You know, there's one thing you need to know about a true Old Testament prophet. Now, the ones in the churches, these aren't Old Testament prophets. Spirit of prophecy. But there are Old Testament prophets. I don't know of any right now, but I'm sure they're out there. I did know a prophet. He's dead now. It was surprising. But that's the way it is. It's between him and the Lord, not me and them. But uh, 
It says, fear God and the prophets. That was especially true if you were working for Ahaz, New Jezebel, and you're having to deal with Elijah. Okay, go get the army and go get Elijah. Bring him here. No, that don't work. (laughs) Fire. They're all dead. King sends another group. They didn't want to go either. Finally, he sends another group, and this leader, instead of going in pride, groveled and got down. Don't kill us. Because he feared the prophet and God. He knew. And he didn't. But see, the the point is, and I say this in all of these, and we're covering judgment and a lot of other things in Isaiah. See, Isaiah is not just a book on judgment. Now, we're in the first part of it. We're up to chapter 19. It'll probably take us a year and a half to get through this book because it's in-depth. Everything's in-depth. I'm in no hurry to go get through it. We love the book, and a lot of people like it. Because it's in-depth. And no, when I do this, I'm not going to go through 30 Hebrew words and tell you the meaning. We don't need to do that. few words, yeah, that helps. But you see, Isaiah is not just judgment. It has a lot of other stuff in it, including some of the finest prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. Revealing also the millennium and prophecies to come. Fantastic, amazing vision and words that is found in Isaiah. And I can find the New Testament just about on every page of it. You see, because when the Lord came, he didn't have the New Testament. He was the New Testament. And he taught the apostles. And so the apostles took that, but they also taught out of the book, which is what the Lord did, out of the Tanakh, what we call the Old Testament. That's where the Lord taught. That's where he found himself. He said, in the book, you'll find me. That's where they found him, in the book. It spoke of the Lord. The apostles did the same thing when they taught the New Testament churches. They taught them out of the book, the Old Testament. So all our modern churches, I know a few of them, throw out the Old Testament because it's old, so we'll just teach the the new. That's totally dumb. Even if you are a doctor of theology and leading the church, that's stupid, Mr. Doctor. Matter of fact, in school, our teachers told us, Heresy in the church begins at the highest levels of the seminaries. And then once they teach their pastors, who are college-educated with high degrees and their doctors of theology, they go in and teach the church the same heresy. And soon the heresy becomes doctrine, and it's no longer heresy. Now, see, the king here 
having known of the prophets of Israel and being a king, sitting on the throne of one of the most powerful nations, or city-states rather, that's what they had. Babylon was a city-state that ruled a large area. Well, he wasn't too big for his britches. And he said, who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Now, see, Nineveh, just like all the other Gentile nations, they had had tons of idols and gods. Babylon did. But this guy, he knew the prophets of God, and when he says God, he was talking about the God of the prophets. He may not have known him, but he knew of him. And that was enough to say, that's it, kid, kids. Off, off with the crown, off with the robe, get off the throne. I've got some work to do. Because he saw that trouble was coming. See, that's how judgment can work. And God said, told Israel, I rose up early sending you prophets to wake you up. You know, I rose up early by sending the prophets to warn you. Turn, turn. But they wouldn't turn. See, especially Judah, they figured, well, we've got the, you know, the Lord God. It's the Lord God of Israel. We have his priests and we have his prophets and we have his temple. He isn't going to destroy it. But see, they were wicked. They served other gods as well. They used the same offerings that they gave unto Jehovah. They sent them unto the other gods. There was Asheroth, there was Baal. They they were offering their children unto uh, under Baal. They were giving offerings unto the Queen of Heaven. You see all of this. But see, you can't have your foot in hell and in God too. Now see, that's what Israel didn't know. They learned. And even today, I don't know if they have understood that or not. But And so in verse 10, God saw the works. They turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them, and he did it not. Now, see, you can find those same words in the book. And I'm trying to think if, if I think it's in Jeremiah might be in Ezekiel, but I'm sure it's in, uh, in Jeremiah. See, because if you have a nation who God has promised to do good to because they're doing good, so he blesses them. Say America. In the beginning, we had pilgrims come here. They made a covenant praying to the Lord when they reached the, the, the sands of the shore and thanked him for, this, for the safe journey that they had made it there, and they dedicated the land to him. Over the years, God blessed America. We had mighty revivals, a lot of churches. We had preachers that knew who the Lord was. They would preach his truth. They didn't do the things we do today. 
We thought it was bad back then at times when I was growing up. But see, I was raised in an atmosphere. My grandmother, who I didn't know, was a Christian. And she lived during the time of the Azusa Street Revival. Our families from Catalina. Yeah, the island. My grandfather was had a lot to do over there. But at any rate, of the three kids, she took the kids to an Amy Simple McPherson meeting during, during around the time of the Azusa Street Revival. She was a loving Christian woman. And uh, my dad was the only one that went down the aisle to give his heart to the Lord. Stayed with him all of his life. He made sure that I got into the Methodist church, which at the time, you know, it wasn't the pagan church we have today, but at any rate, you know, the bottom line of it is, is that it takes roots. It takes raising your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And just like in Israel, when it says, and there came a generation in Israel that did not know the Lord. In America, we've had many generations raised that do not know the Lord. We've fallen away. So if God sees this upon a nation with whom he is blessed, and he said, I'll do good unto you if you continue to seek me. I mean, this is paraphrased, but it's it's in However, if that nation that I was doing good to for its deed decides to do wickedly, then I'll repent of the good which I have promised them I would do. If that nation with whom I have been judging for their wicked works repents, then I'll repent of that and I will do them good and bring that upon them. Judgment is about repentance. It's about restoration. God says he doesn't love the death of the wicked and he doesn't love the uh, death of the backslidden righteous either. He sent his son to die on the cross, not so he'd have to destroy everybody, but that he could provide redemption for him. But yet even the Lord, in John 3, John writes that many will not come to the light because they love darkness more. So Nineveh fell, I mean, was saved. Now you see, Nimrod is the initial one who founded Nineveh. It's an Assyrian. And the Assyrians are also the ones who conquered the northern kingdom of Israel and took it captive.
And it was also a force of Babylonians, Medes, and Scythians who took the city and sacked it. Because the city itself had forgotten. Nahum records, while Jonah tells you that the city had repented, and I think it was 70 years later, this is interesting. I'm sure it's 70. Yeah, 70 years. Judah was in there for 70 years uh, in the captivity. And I was thinking it was 70 years that uh, Nineveh was okay. And then they fell away. Nahum 1.1, the burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, uh, the Elkoshite. God is jealous and the Lord revengeth. The Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserveth wrath for his enemies. Now, none of this sounds good. This is where all the people who hate God and who have tried to put him in the realm of a hateful God, they go to scriptures like this. And if you're looking for a mean, vengeful, hateful God, you can find it in scripture. If you're looking for a God that is all-powerful and loving, and chooses to correct you as a father does his son because he loves you, you can find that. comes by the revelation of the Spirit. You must be born again of the Spirit. Nahum 2.13, Behold, I am against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will burn her chariots in the smoke. The sword shall devour the young lions. Those are all the, all the young people, you know, the men that are in the armies. They're known as the fighters, you know, the strong men, the heroic men, the leaders, all of them. When they fight in the Bible, it refers to them as the young lions. And I'll cut off your prey from the earth and the voice of thy messengers shall be heard no more. Now, see. This is interesting because he says the sword shall devour the young lions. That's the armies that they had that would go and devour other nations or prey, just as a young lion would go for prey. That's the analogy here. So Nineveh, that's what Nineveh was doing. But I'm going to cut the prey off. In other words, I'm going to cut you off, Nineveh. You're no longer going to prey, create violence, kill, and pillage. And the voice of your messengers shall be heard no more. And it goes on to say, because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot. Now, a lot of this, when you read this, you can actually find some of the same verbiage regarding describing Babylon. Because the, the spirit behind this is the same spirit. And it's the same spirit you find in Revelation. Except in Revelation, we find not just Babylon, but mystery Babylon, because things have changed a tad. And here we find, because of the multitude of the whoredoms of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcrafts, that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcrafts. Now, of course, if you would buddy up to Nineveh, 
and pay them their due and give them whatever they want, you'd be all right. But she was like a lion. As long as the lion is full, you can walk pretty close by and the lion won't do anything. But you walk by and she's hungry. You're going to be lunch. Verse 5 says, Behold, I'm against thee, saith the Lord of hosts, and I'll discover thy skirts upon thy nation. I'll show the nations thy nakedness and the kingdoms thy shame. Now, those are the words. You can read the same ones. We go to Revelation 18. You can find them also regarding uh, uh, Babylon itself in the Old Testament. In other words, the Lord is going to uncover everything there. And they will go into captivity. And the common way that they would do the captivities of these things, one of the ways is, of course, that all the men and the women were stripped. And sometimes they would have rings in their noses. They would have their hands tied and their feet and shackles. Depends on how they did it. But a lot of times they would take them in long lines, might have a loincloth, might not, but that'd be about it. No shoes, no nothing with a ring in their nose onto a chain and they'd be taken away captive. Wasn't a pretty picture. The Japanese, when, when they were in the South Pacific, they were horrific warriors. I mean, they were very good at what they did and they were able to just totally move the bar up as far as wickedness and fighting. My dad was in the South Pacific as a Navy medic. He patched up a lot of the, a lot of the Americans and others that the Japs destroyed. You can thank God that Japan today is your friend because they have a propensity because they were a warring culture. They had the shoguns. You know, there are people that are really unique, the Japanese. And even the Chinese culture is really unique. The problem with the Chinese culture is basic humanism raises up man because they perfected that so much. They're such an ancient people. China's ancient. Japan is ancient. America, we're new. The new kids on the block. I said that last night, too. It's just a new So when we get into judgment and we look at it you know it's that place where God shows you his sovereignty and then you decide well am I going to repent am I going to Swallow my pride and seek the Lord. 
and repent of these deeds. And there's a hint here. Most people will never do it in a lot of places. Because the road to destruction is wide. The Lord goes through this in the New Testament. You know, up here in our neck of the woods, we have a lot of small side roads. Some of them, like up here about 40 miles, you take that side road and it can save you a lot of time. But there's others who want to take the freeway all the way around. You see, there is a large freeway that leads to hell. And it's not like ours. We have two lanes on each side. The freeway to hell is like one of the biggest 12 lanes on each side. There is no each side. It's one way. One way. Nobody comes back. That's the freeway to hell. It's very, very wide, very, very big. <laughs> there's, there's no traffic coming out of there. It's all going that way. There is a little side road, however, the straight and narrow path that leads to eternal life and to redemption, and to forgiveness. That is who Yahshua. See, even the Jews missed this one. But the gospel went to the Jews first. And even Paul the apostle, who was Shaul, and he was a student of Gamaliel, he knew the law. And even the priest who knew the law and knew the Hebrew, Paul knew the languages, original languages and tongues. Neither one of them understood who the Messiah was when he was on the streets of Jerusalem. They didn't know him. Paul didn't. Paul was standing at the martyrdom of Stephen and consented unto his death. Paul was destroying the church. He freely admits this. And then on his way to Damascus to destroy more, the Lord knocked him off his high horse. He got a vision. He learned the truth. He repented and became one of the greatest apostles there was. Apostle to the Gentiles. He suffered a lot. But see, that's what it takes is revelation. The Lord says, in John 1, he went to his own, and his own received him not, but to, but to as many as did receive him. See, there's your two highways. He went to his own, and they received him not. That's the wide path. Straight to hell, Sheol. The other one, but, see, that little narrow path is over here. To as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe, that word believe in the he, in the Greek is trust in, rely on, and cling to. It's not like we do in America. You sit on your butt, you think, yeah, I believe in God, and then go live like a pagan, a heathen. No, it's just like one kid called me, one uh, was sending me 
emails from YouTube, another thing where I don't really do much on. I don't, I don't care for YouTube at all. It's another one of those proliferating uh, places. But at any rate, he was really, really mad because I taught about Halloween. It's an abominable holiday. Always has been. But in America, we've spruced it up. It's like you can paint a pig, but a pig is still a pig, even with paint. You can take a pig out of the pen, wash him up, put him back in the pen, and within five minutes, he's going to be covered in mud. You take a dog, the dog eats a full meal, goes out and vomits. He'll go back to that vomit after a while, and he will eat it. The Lord uses that scenario in Scripture. Like a dog returning to his vomit. That's what happens when you begin down that road to go down the straight and narrow to seek the Lord and repent. And then you decide to go back into sin. You're eating the vomit again, the filthiness. See, but we are purveyors of filthiness in the modern world. We've dressed it up with technology and money and glitz. We have billionaires. See, we got all this stuff going on. And so it's easy for us in our modern society to suddenly think, well, you know, I believe in God. And then go out. See, this is what I I tell people that adultery is a sin. Sex outside of marriage is a sin. Lying is a sin. Cheating is a sin. Bearing false witness is what what Schiff has done and some of the Democrats in Congress. Bearing false witness. Because they have pride and don't want to quit. These are sins, folks. Coveting your neighbor's wife or your neighbor's new car is a sin. And so when we get into this, well, you know, homosexuality and lesbian and all this other stuff, the sensual aspects, there are a lot of other sins out there that are sending people to hell. So about time to get your head screwed on straight and understand there is a straight and narrow. And Paul goes through and he says, talks about people that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. You have to make up your choice. You know, to as many as received him, and some did and some didn't. And that's the way it is today. I'm telling you about it. It's up to you to repent. It's up to you to decide, up to you to make up your mind. I'm not here to go to your house, twist your arm. No. When I came to the Lord, I had, and, and the Lord had to get me out of the Methodist church. I had religion. I knew about the Lord. I knew about all the stories. But alongside a road, many, many years later, after much trouble, 
alongside a road out in the middle of nowhere with the, with the cars going by, I knelt on the roadside and gave my heart to the Lord. And I can take you back to that spot on the same highway out in the middle of nowhere to this day. And that was back in the mid-70s. Folks, I'm telling you, this is real. Judgment is real, but it is about repentance and redemption and renewal to bring you back. Now, if you make him go through the judgment, he will. And sometimes as as believers, you have to go through the fire. And that's what the New Testament teaches us. So remember, as we go down, and let me do this first. Father, we thank you for your word and for those that have heard it. Bless them. Give them understanding into this. And in Jesus' name, I bind you, Satan, and the powers of darkness from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. And may the light of his word shine a path before you so you know how you ought to walk. For Tower and I, we both pray that you know him in all his fullness. So, go by our websites, warren-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. I also have a book, the first book, Steal the Darkness. You can get that on Amazon. I have a lot of other books that I've written. And a lot of them you can't even find anymore. My first book was, uh, well, I got to go, 90 seconds. At any rate, you can find it all out. Visit our websites. Join us on some of these other websites. Now, folks, when I say join us, uh, on some of on some of those, the MeWe and the other one, we're just really getting going. We've only been on them a few months now. And these people that have produced these sites need help, need people to come to them. Uh, and they also do have quite a few people there like us who are supporting, helping them. So for Tower and I, blessings. Shalom, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.